0: Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.
1: Welcome to the 34th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Please help grow the podcast by sharing it on social media, telling your friends about it, and by leaving a rating or comment. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. that's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. That way you won't miss out on any news about the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'd like to welcome on a very special guest, David Ratz. David is the Director of Promotions and Special Events for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, A affiliate of the Miami Marlins. Can't wait to chat with David Ratz right after this break. David, welcome on to the Pulling Tart podcast. Super excited to have you on. Uh, what steps are you making to wrap up this season that could have been and transition into next year? I know this is a different animal.
0: It is. It is. Uh, Bobby, first, uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. it uh, it's been fun listening to the podcast all summer while I've been home working on some projects. So uh, always.
1: Oh, thank always you. Enjoy it, so. Thank you.
0: Um, <laughs> so yeah wrapping up there's really outside of the, the fiscal calendar there's not a ton to wrap up because we're still running pretty heavy with uh, with events yeah. um, which is cool because the second half of my job is the events director also so without baseball it's been just as busy for us we've been okay. fortunate if you call it fortunate uh, that Florida has had some lax regulations so we've been able to do some uh, safe socially distanced uh, events at the stadium, which has been cool. Um, you know, again, we have a capacity of eleven thousand there, and okay. the most we've had for an event is fifteen hundred people. So, right. maybe twelve percent capacity. And okay, masks are required, all that fun stuff. So, it's been fun, but um, starting to wind down the event stuff, and you know, uh, at this point, trying to figure out when we'll get the schedule for next year or yeah. a league for next year, right, or- right. If we'll have the same affiliate and then figure out, uh, you know, as, as quick as we can where we're plugging promos in for next year. So okay, uh, should be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I stopped by uh, the Shorebirds Stadium. I had a doctor's appointment over that way. I only live 30 minutes away from the Shorebirds Stadium. Um, and I stopped in to see everybody, and they're kind of in that same position. They're like, like yeah, we just just need a schedule and a league and an affiliation and uh yeah <laughs> so so yeah they're in the, i think everybody's in that same boat but yeah i i kind of part of me is like oh that would be fun to like deal with all that adversity but part of me is like well i'm glad i don't have to handle any of that anymore <laughs>
0: yeah it's uh it's kind of like you said it definitely is a double-edged sword there where you know it will be fun because once we figure it all out it's like okay go 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 right because you've been sitting here with no baseball for so long Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like okay where i'd normally be slotting in promos for next season at the end of july when we have our schedule internally at least Mm -hmm. um and you know this time last year by the time the season wrapped, we probably had 60 to 70% of what we were going to do next year all done.
1: Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that said, a lot of stuff from next
0: year that was not date-specific, which is awesome, that we can just roll over to
1: next sure. year. Sure. Okay. Anything you can share with us for next year? <clears throat>
0: Yeah, so I mean, like, we released our promo schedule like a week before everything shut down. Wow. So the whole thing was out there. <laughs> okay. Um, with, for like, you know, a couple weeks. And then once we knew what was going on, we just yanked it because we didn't want people to buy tickets mm-hmm. for stuff while it was still on sale. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so next year will be the second year of our Vice Night. Um, mm. We, um, interestingly enough, we were going to do a Miami Vice theme. Okay. And we're a Marlins affiliate. Right. And so we're like, okay, this could be cool. I knew or know the guy in town. who lives in Jacksonville who has the original white Ferrari from the show. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I kind of got to know him through my old job in radio. And we had been talking and it's like, yeah, you know, it'd be cool if we brought you in the car out there. Maybe we'll do a Miami Vice theme night or something like that. And he's like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So we just got to talking internally and – I had Wilson do some mock-ups of jerseys using the Vice pink and blue, which, you know, I'm a big pink and blue fan. I don't know why, but I am. And so the jerseys looked awesome. And they were done, and then the Marlins rebranded, and they rebranded to those same Vice colors. And we just in the office were like, oh, this is – Gotta love it, yeah. This is great. Gotta do it. So we did it, and it was a big success. And so this year was going to be year two of that with a different jersey and everything. Obviously, we didn't get to do it. So now next year, 2021, will be our second Vice year. Um, and we've kind of adopted that as our, not replacement, but kind of instead of Copa. We haven't jumped in okay. Copa thing yet. All right. So we're using the Vice Lively color theme and everything to kind of go along those lines. And we had brandios to actually create a vice shrimp uh, wearing the white coat and sunglasses and everything and a right. merch line with it so um, that's going to be exciting for next year and then the one that I'm looking forward to the most is uh, celebrating the cozy coop I don't know if you're familiar with
1: it I'm not I'd love to learn though
0: so I think if I describe it you'll know exactly what it is Okay. Is the beauty of it you know the little tyke's cars that are red with a yellow roof that every like toddler and 2-year-old plays in. Yeah, yeah. So the
1: name of that is the Cozy Coop. Okay. And we just
0: stumbled across it thought that could be kind of cool, have a whole night planned around it, um, you know, see how see how much of yourself you can fit in a Cozy Coop. Cozy uh-huh. Coop races the team always wears red on friday so we had yellow colorway hats made up so they'll look like the cozy coop yeah got a local golf cart dealer to trade me a golf cart brand new that's painted red on the bottom yellow on the top so we're going to give away an actual working cozy coop nice Um, reached out to little tyke's and, you know, as someone in minor league baseball, you know, those conversations go either like one of three ways. <laughs> hey, awesome idea, have fun. Yeah. Hey, awesome idea, maybe we'll give you some free merch. Or hey, awesome idea, here's a C and D because you can't use our trademark. Right. <laughs> so they wrote back actually option four and said, this is awesome. How can we get involved? Let's, you know, come on board and sponsor the evening and do all that kind of
1: That's stuff. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Wow. So we were all ready to go, Little Tykes Corporate, and then the bottom fell out. So right. that one, um, I'm really looking forward to doing next year. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I love like and and this has come since you guys have rebranded and stuff like that. And I think you know most of it is is your doing. Right? I mean, we we all know it takes a village, but um, those outside of the box promotions are awesome. Gotta gotta love it.
0: So. Yeah, appreciate it. We have a, a good team here in place here. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, you alluded to it before, but before moving into baseball, you worked in radio promotions. Um I did. I, I had a very short stint in radio. Um, I well, I had a radio show um, at Slippery Rock University, at, which I didn't get paid for, and I was like, I was quote unquote the hip hop director. So I got backstage passes and interviewed a bunch of rappers and stuff like that when they came to school. But then after my f- internship in baseball, I had two part-time jobs uh, at different radio stations. I worked at ESPN Radio Williamsport, which is yeah. no longer—I uh, think they're Fox Sports now. Um, and so I did some board hopping and some— Play by play and some color um, for for different events there, and then I also did board oping and had my own morning show for about two weeks um, on an on an oldie station, and I did board oping for Steelers and Eagles games and stuff like that. Um, That's cool. Yes, yeah, so so I I had a very short stint, and I did um, some color um, commentary for the high school game of the week and stuff like that. Um, and then I moved to Wisconsin to take a director of food and beverage job for the Polite Snappers. So yeah, um, I've
0: heard you uh, <laughs> back and forth when that that comes up is always an interesting topic to listen to.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was.
0: I- Super yeah, weird. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Director of food and beverage is not an easy job. Oh. I don't I mean they they do a great work and the stuff that they have to put up with is just incredibly hard and difficult.
1: Yeah, it was just the most physically demanding job I think I ever had. Um, yeah and it just was not my expertise. I had no experience and I had never even worked in fast food or anything like that. So yeah it was certainly a challenge but it worked out in the end. Yeah. Um, but so what made you make that jump uh, from radio into the world of minor league baseball? Yeah, so it's interesting because you know a lot of people get their
0: start in minor league baseball interning with the team or the league or whatever and working their way up through sales associate or intern and then ticket sales and all that stuff. I kind of did the same thing but in radio. So okay. started out, was uh, essentially a operations assistant for a cluster of six radio stations. Within the next two years, they went from two promotions directors to one who then just decided to quit, and I was already in the building and said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And so for the next... 10 years was a promotions director and on-air talent for a cluster cluster of six radio stations. Um, and then that brought me down to Jacksonville uh, Cox media group was the company. Okay. So, um, from 2012 until the end of 2016. So four years in Jacksonville was a promotions director, uh, for six radio stations in Jacksonville. And we were media partners with the baseball team, which was the Suns at the time. Right. And had a great relationship You know, I've always been a huge baseball fan Like the day we moved to town My wife and I literally cold called the ballpark And bought season tickets for the Suns Because we're baseball fans Wife and I Yeah. Um, so i right. been going to baseball games Working in radio And then ownership changes So Ken Babby, who owns our team mm-hmm. Also owns the Rubber Ducks Bought the team from the local ownership group That had owned it for 30 years Yeah and that first year that they owned the team, I mean, we could just tell there was already a new life in it. It was still the suns at that point, but I mean, the ballpark was cleaner. People had more smiles on their face. You could just tell the energy was great. Okay. And through conversations with their marketing uh, and advertising people, because it were our relationships, you know, we're still advertising with them. They're, they're advertising with us and everything. And we're promoting yeah. the team. I just said, look, you know, I'd, Just because I have a job, I have no idea what your positions or what you're doing on your side. But if a position comes available, please feel free to reach out. Sure. And, you know, unbeknownst to me, I think they were looking to make a change. And so three months later, found myself with a job offer and made the switch uh, to the team. It was interesting because the first job offer came when they were the Jacksonville Suns. And then when I actually signed the job offer, they were the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. All right. Um, so you know I was kind of in that off season.
1: Good timing. Uh,
0: right after. Oh, you know, perfect. <laughs> yeah. so the team rebrands, and then I've been on board since day one from uh, the uh, the Jumbo Shrimp in my current position.
1: Okay. Awesome. Wow, yeah, it sounds sounds like everything just worked out perfectly.
0: I'm very lucky in that regard. Yes, it worked out well. The jobs are crazy similar in that you will have a lot of fun, but you'll work crazy hours, and the pay is not stupendous. But, you know, you don't get in it for the pay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) I talked about that with you before we started recording. Um, You asked me why I got out of baseball, and it was – the amount of hours and the small paychecks. Um, but, uh, you know, part of me misses it, obviously. Um, I work in an office with, with all women that are for the most part, much older than me. Um, and they all have kids and I don't, and, um, it's just, it's just a whole different world. Um, and I, I, I miss working with my guys and, um, and putting together those big nights like you alluded to with those great promotions. Um, but, um, you know, for for my family, like I said, I'm getting married in December. And, um, yeah, I, I felt like it was a good time to make a move when I did, for sure. Yeah,
0: so. it's interesting because I'm kind of the opposite, not in the family part. You know, been married and actually in two, three weeks, it'll be 11 years Okay, uh, that I've been married. but. My wife and I decided we didn't want any kids. Yeah. So not having any kids and, you know, we were married when I was still in radio, so the hours were already funky. Yep. And she kind of came into it and was like, well, this isn't that bad because I can still come to the games and, you know, see you even though we're not sitting together. And I have a schedule so I know when you're working late as opposed to radio where it's all over the
1: place. Sure.
0: Um, You know, and with the decision not to have any kids, it makes it a lot easier to work the funky hours. I don't know how a lot of people with families do it. My yeah. To them.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't either.
0: Yeah. But it's interesting because you mentioned, uh, an office with a lot of uh, older colleagues and it's the exact opposite for me. Yep. Because I made the switch, you know, mid career. So you got all these young guys working, coming in, in their early twenties. And I, you know, just turned 40 last year. Okay. So it is interesting to see not just our office, but other people in the industry in my position that are yeah. so much younger. Um, but it's fun. It yeah. keeps, I, I like to think it keeps me young. So
1: For sure. For sure. Um, I, I loved the aspect like k- baseball was as far as marketing and promotions go is kind of a free for all, you know, um, you can do whatever you dream of, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I made the move from baseball to insurance and I had always excelled in sales, um, so that's that's not a change. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a really big change from going to selling insurance, or from from selling like outfield signs and program ads and ticket packages and that kind of stuff to selling insurance. Uh, I mean, the sales come much easier in insurance, but the legwork you have to put behind it. Is yeah. is um difficult for sure? And then as far as the marketing part goes, I also help my my um insurance agent out with our local agency marketing. And oh, nice! It's it's just like yeah, it, it is nice. Um, you know, I get to be out in the community still and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it keeps
0: that creativity flowing. I got to imagine too for
1: sure. But there's there's just So much to do in sales and it kind of puts the marketing on a back burner. But so I work for a state farm agency and state farm has so many rules and regulations as to what you can put on social media and what you can't and that kind of stuff. So I do miss that kind of free for all atmosphere. And I went from, you know, I had worked in baseball for eight years and had established myself and and I knew that I was good at my job where and then you go into something completely different and you realize like i'm definitely not good at this right now it gets better every day but but you know being the last you know the bottom of the totem pole there is a little frustrating
0: still. yeah well it's yeah, and i felt that way and still do to some extent now i mean you know essentially with Three real seasons under my belt. Mm-hmm. All this last, whatever 2020 was, would have been season four. Sure. But it's the same thing. Coming from 14 years in radio to then baseball and, you know, working with some super talented people on the staff that had come from other organizations when they put the jumbo shrimp together. Right. It was kind of the same thing. It was like, okay, fake it till you make it. And, yep. you know, you, get, you go from there. But that's when you learn that, okay. If you can be creative and think outside the box in one industry, you can definitely do it in another, and it translates really well. So it it was an interesting path to baseball, you know, coming in later, but just right into, like, the role I was instead of coming up through baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So what has been the craziest promotion that you've been a part of in baseball?
0: (laughs) Well, it's interesting. The craziest promotion that probably got us the most publicity, whether you view it as good or bad— for the least amount of dollars was uh, you might be the Father's Day, where we decided we were. It was the thirsty Thursday before Father's Day, and we said free pre- free pregnancy tests. Find out if you need to come back on Sunday for Father's Day. And... <laughs> I spent 20 bucks on Amazon on the cheapest pregnancy tests available. And before I knew it, it was Conan O'Brien was talking about her in his monologue. It was on the today show. It was on the tonight show. It was in the post. It was everywhere. And you know, some, most people thought it was hilarious. And then you yeah. get a few, you know, stick in the mud with, Oh, well, this is, you're promoting unsafe sex and this and that. And it's like, no, no, we're it's no, it's not. It's right. Not, you know, it's, it's tongue-in-cheek. It's hilarious. And, you know, they were afraid we were going to be out of the front gates handing six-year-olds pregnancy tests as they come in the gate. No. It wasn't that at all. We literally <laughs> put a table on the concourse with a sign that had plus minus question mark written on it. So if you knew what was going on, you came up to the table and asked for a pregnancy test. If you didn't, you're just like, well, that's a weird table on the concourse. Right. You have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so it was so much fun. Um, and then come to find out about a year later, um, one person went home with a pregnancy test and actually found out they were having a kid that day.
1: Wow.
0: We were hosting a private batting practice for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we share a parking lot with. Okay. So we have a great relationship with them, and their sales office was over there one afternoon, and we were just got, got to talking about promotions and baseball and all that stuff, and We were talking about that, and they brought it up, and then one of the ladies on their sales team said, oh, yeah, I took a pregnancy test home that night, and my husband and I actually found out we were pregnant thanks to your promotion.
1: That is awesome.
0: It was wild. It was wild.
1: I can tell you right now, uh, most of the ownership groups that I worked with, would, if I would have came up with that idea, they would have shot me down immediately. So, um, shout out to your ownership group for letting you have that creativity for sure.
0: Uh, they, they ownership and upper management are very tolerant and embrace the outside of the box. You know, I yeah. would rather have them tell me no and hold me back than to push me and, you know, right. and do stuff like that. But they're, they're, they're awesome.
1: Yeah. It sounds, sounds like it. Got to Got to love that. Um yeah. so you alluded to it before, and I had this later, but i 'll just jump ahead um Have you had any jaguars players out to the ballpark?
0: Yeah, for sure um you know their p r director uh tad is a is a friend of mine um, okay we have a good relationship our team and their team, like I said, we share a parking lot um we have weekly events meetings because there's the Jags stadium. There's an arena on the other side of us, and there's us in the ballpark. And, you know, once a week we all get together just so we all know what's going on. And the sports complex is what they call our kind of facility area downtown. Mm-hmm. So we have a great relationship with them. You know, they gave us permission to use their colorways to send a new era into Wilson to get, jer- you know, jerseys done up with Jags logo Ooh. stuff on them. Um, you know we send our mascot over to their halftime mascot football game uh, we'll have players out that do first pitches and whatnot. usually it's their draft picks their high draft picks they get so our season starting you know right when the draft happens and so like last year we had Josh Allen come out and throw out a first pitch which was awesome Um, and you know everybody that's been over here from that organization uh, is just super nice easy to get along with you know it's it's weird, but working in sports, you don't really see them as celebrities. You see them as, yeah, that's just a a colleague. And they kind of do the same with us. I mean, I'll get a text from their front office. Hey, defensive coordinator is bringing his family. wants to come to the game tonight. Can you leave four tickets for us? Sure. No problem. Very cool. And then vice versa. Hey, I want to bring my wife to the bears game in a month. Can I get two tickets? Yep. No problem. So they're, they're awesome. Um, it's, it's one thing that, you know, there's only 30 NFL teams, and we happen to share a parking lot with one and have a great relationship with. And it, it you know, it's a, it's a, it, it lends itself to being a great sports town. And yeah, so for we sure. Su- we support them, they support us, and the fan bases really embrace the crossover. Okay. Um, we, we have had their players come to our gift shop to buy the jumbo shrimp gear that's in the Jaguars colorway.
1: Nice. Which is pretty cool. Nice. Have you met Blake Bortles?
0: I have. All right. He is a, I like he is the guy you'd want to go party with and have a beer. He's yeah, just, what you see in the media and on bar stool or whatever—that's that's, that's right. him. There is no, yeah. You know, I mean, I think I've met him like three times, so it's okay, not like we're friends or anything. He has no idea who I am, but yes, he is just a humble, down to earth happy go lucky dude who is just enjoying life and i saw he just signed with the broncos yeah. uh, today so i'm super excited about it
1: yeah so i mean so i listened to part of my take not that they need any more plug but yeah. uh, they're like the, one of the most popular podcasts you know out there but oh, yeah. um
0: caps is actually a big uh, fan of uh, duval yeah show, yeah show guy, so yeah
1: dude so, um, you know, Blake Bortles is a recurring guest on, on part of my take. And I just, I just love every time they have him on there. And then, yeah. um, when he signed in LA, he was talking about how he traded in his pickup truck for a Tesla and, yeah. um, and they said, well, why would you do that? And he said, well, every time I would go to the gas station to buy dip, or I, every time I would go to the gas station to fill up my truck, I would I would buy dip. And so I bought a Tesla so that I wouldn't buy dip. Now I just go to the gas station to buy dip.
0: <laughs> so. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he bought like a place right out on the beach on Jack's Beach. I mean, he would okay. hang out at the bars. You know, he's a good dude. I, I also definitely do own that Barstool Sports Blake Bortles boat shirt. Yes. It, it, it's
1: phenomenal. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um have you met Gardner Minshew?
0: He's, I've not met him. I've he
1: seems like him. an interesting character for sure.
0: He does. He he definitely does. Um for sure. But I mean, you know, he's capitalizing on that uh the, the whole Minshew magic and everything. He's uh Yeah. Yeah, with you know, he's what this town needed, you know. For uh, sure. It it's cool to have that, that, that face again of the team. So Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: I wish Nick Foles would have worked out for you guys, but uh,
0: I'm glad he did not. But that's
1: a I'm I'm an Eagles fan, so I was uh, kind of, I was kind of hoping he'd be amazing there. But it is what it is. I
0: mean, we of course we hoped he would. We didn't root for anyone to fail. But then when he did not, and he happened to land on the Bears as a backup, that made my day because one of my good friends is a Bears fan, and I could just stick it to him that he took Foles away from us. So. Yeah, all
1: right, yeah. that's fair. So. What's the strangest fan interaction
0: you've had? So I'm trying to think, and I was I was trying to think of this this afternoon. Interestingly enough, in my role, most of the time I'm either on the field in the dugout or in the press box during the game. Okay. So most of my interactions are like at the gate during a giveaway before the game starts, and then I'm dealing with first pitches and anthems and stuff like that. Right. So not a ton. But I will say there were two that stuck out in my mind, and one, our on-field host was not at a game for some reason, so I was filling in as the backup, which okay. I don't wish on anybody's ears. Right. Um, <laughs> but I'm walking down on the concourse to like get the next game, and this 14-year-old kid jumps on the field and just runs across the field, and he jumps out and starts slowly walking up the stairs. And I'm the closest employee to him, so I just radio in. I was like, hey, you know, you're going to have to throw on some songs or something this half inning. i got to catch this kid who just came off the field. So, we you know, he and he's not running. He's just slowly walking up the stairs. So he gets to the top of the section, and I, you know, grab him on the forearm above the elbow and just start walking him towards the front gate. Mm-hmm. You know, just about to kick him out, and cops come and everything. And so we get outside the gate, and we're talking – and it turns out he is uh, there with his church group who is having a group outing in one of our sky decks. Okay. And his parents come down and just start ripping him a new one. You know, just, do you understand? This cop here was here to take you to jail, this and that and that and oh, that. Oh, gosh. And I'm sitting there, like, biting a hole through my lip, trying not to laugh. Um, and then I'll never forget, they're walking away to the car to go home. And, you know, the little brother says to the parents, can I ride home with a friend? I don't want to be in the same car with you guys on the way (laughs) home. This is not going to be a fun ride. So that stood out. And then the only other thing that was on the field, it wasn't a fan. It was a photographer. It was a July 3rd game. And we don't have a game on the 4th. We always play on the 3rd, so that's our fireworks night and everything. And standing on the field, anthem, color guard, all that fun stuff, and a photographer comes out of the camera well and just starts walking in between the line of players standing on the foul line, like getting, trying to get all this video footage. Yeah. What is going on here? And so with my hand over my heart, while the Anthem's going on, me and another employee are kind of like slowly side shuffling over to the line to get this photographer and get him off the field. Yeah, And then it, yeah, it was wild, and then he got all angry, and it, it was interesting, but he's not allowed back in the ballpark anymore, so yeah. it was it was interesting, but, you know, most of the fan interactions have been, have been pretty cool. Um, okay. N- nothing really, you know, jumps out as a crazy wild moment.
1: Photographers always like to push the limits. Yes. There's, you always tell them you can go here, here, and here, do not go here, do not go here, and yep. they always end up where you tell them not to. Yes, it's they like they always end up like you tell a guy like you're like you cannot be in the dugout whatsoever. Like I repeat, do not go in the dugout, and yeah. then you find them in the dugout during like the national anthem and you're like what what did i tell you man like yeah they always I try to push their, the limits
0: their camera lens is a cloak of invisibility or yeah
1: something. yeah exactly it's ridiculous so on that note we're gonna take this opportunity to cut to a break and we'll be right back with david rats right after this break Right. welcome back David uh, so what was it like working with former guests of the pulling tart podcast um, and a friend of both of ours I think uh, Marco yes. Lenave
0: yeah man Marco is great I Marco is if you look up consummate professional in the dictionary that's Marco yeah he has never I mean wow. The most efficient guy I know, the most, you know, friendly, outgoing guy, I mean, would literally, if you broke down on the side of the highway at four in the morning and call Marco, he will come get you, no question.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Um, Marco was great. Marco was our, you know, um, media relations guy and color man kind of joined on the home broadcasts and was just phenomenal. Marco, I would put money down today that Marco will be calling Minnesota Twins baseball within the next five to ten years. Oh, I easily.
1: hope so. I uh, hope so.
0: I mean, I, I know that would make him immensely happy. I know that's what he wants to do, but and I think he can do it. He's got the work ethic. He's got the the pipes to do it. Um, you know, he, he's just so knowledgeable about the game too. So one thing about Marco, he would always be the one to come down to the field at the end of the game and interview the player of the game. Um, after a Jumbo Shrimp victory. okay, And, and, you know, every game, it doesn't matter how we win the game, if it's a walk-off walk, if it's 12 to nothing, whoever he's interviewing gets the ice bucket dumped on them every single game. Yep, Every game. And, I mean, it got to the point where they would just bring two buckets out, one for the player and one for Marco. (laughs) And Marco would just not move and just continue the interview through <laughs> the dousing of water sounds like marco just, it was just so awesome to watch and to, then his reactions like oh well that's a little chilly but what did you think still you know uh, it was great i mean you know it he's just an all-around good dude um,
1: yeah and,
0: you know he still sends me a text on my birthday every that's awesome um, I think he like he he knows when it, he puts everyone's birthday in his phone and the, the the alert goes off and I get a text and you know it's great. Um, I miss Marco. Fortunately, he is still working in, for our ownership group, so still in the in in the family. He just moved up to Akron, where he was just the home broadcaster for us. He's now the full time broadcaster for the Rubber Ducks, mm-hmm. so he'll be traveling with the team and doing all that stuff. But was really happy that he stayed within our group, um, and just happy to see him advance. And again, I will not be shocked when he's working for the Minnesota twins.
1: Yeah. Uh, I met Marco when he was the radio broadcaster for the quad cities river bandits. And so he would come to Beloit. That would be the only time I would see him. And let's face it. Um, nobody really wants to come to beloit at least with the old stadium um the press box is not up to par um and like i don't know people are just always in a bad mood when they come to to beloit especially the visiting radio broadcasters and but but not marco marco took it with stride he made everything work um you know, didn't complain about anything. Um, he yeah. actually had me on the pregame show one time to talk about being from Williamsport, Pennsylvania during the Little League World Series. Um, and then, of course, he k- came onto the podcast a very early episode. Um, yeah. So, like you said, he'll do anything for you, um, and he's just such a great guy. And I'm, I'm glad. I hope everything works out for him in Akron. I hope to hear him um, calling Twins games. For sure.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Marco is the kind of guy, and I, I, I don't mean this as a joke, I mean it sincerely, that if a tree fell through the roof of his house, he would look on the bright side, and that now he has firewood to donate for people that are yeah. in need of firewood. Like, there's nothing that can rattle him, and that is just what I love about him. Yeah. He's just, he's such a good dude. For sure. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and his broadcasts of the game were incredible. Like... yeah, You know, and... And it doesn't matter if you're like a brand new baseball fan and you don't exactly know the rules or, or if you're a, you know, you listen to every single game, you know, like he is a great broadcaster, no matter what.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's funny. You mentioned uh, quad city. So Marco came from there and then our director of community relations, Andrea Williams also worked with Marco in quad city. Okay. Um, and so they, you know, she's to, uh, with us and she and I actually share an office, uh, but definitely a nice uh, a Quad Cities connection there. So it's kind of cool.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the best concession item at 121 Financials Ballpark?
0: It uh, one to one.
1: Oh, one to, sorry. One yeah, to right.
0: No, no, no. It's a play on, they like their service one to one.
1: Okay, one yes. Hey, that makes one sense. to one
0: financial. Yes, right. sorry. I will correct you because they came on as a naming partner this season. Ooh, their first season as a naming partner uh, and have been tremendously supportive through this whole weird wacky uh, 2020 baseball season. Did or you, you make
1: that, that sale? Beg your pardon. did you make that sale?
0: I did not make oh, that sale. That okay. would be like the <laughs> baddest commission check ever. for uh, sure. I did not make that sale. But uh, yeah, no, they they came on and signed a thirteen year deal with us this season, so it was kind of nice. Um, but concession. So I don't eat a lot of the like fried food stuff because I'm running around. Like my pregame routine is get a diet coke and a game day pretzel. Okay, like I love that. But there are two items that jump out to me. One last season. 2019 we did um ramen noodle appreciation night Ooh! so we actually we did pillows made up like a ramen noodle package with a jumbo jacksonville jumbo shrimp flavor okay you know redid the list of ingredients as like runs hits errors all that fun stuff but to go along with it we had in the concession stand we made ramen that night like actual legit ramen in containers with chopsticks and everything and you could get and it was phenomenal like better than any ramen i've had in like fancy restaurants and it was great and people actually asked if we could add it to the menu the only issue is it's so labor intensive to make it to make sure it's the right consistency when it's ready and all this stuff that's you Know as a former director of food and beverage, I'm sure you understand. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah. I
1: made What's my that? fair share of ramen too, so yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> but um, it was it was awesome, it was it was legit like shrimp ramen that we had in the concession stand that night. It was great, it was one of wow. my favorite. But the one that we did add to the menu two seasons ago, um, someone on our staff was out at another restaurant or park or something, I forget. And it brought back the idea of apple pie nachos that they'd had at this place.
1: It was it was Marco.
0: Was it Marco? Yeah, it had been Marco because he it's told fine, he actually. Now that you say that, yeah, he so,
1: told me about it on his episode. Yeah. Yes.
0: So the apple pie nachos that we then put in the concession stand and debuted on July third, and they, and they sold out, and so people loved them, and. You can now get them any game at the concession stand. The oh, apple pie nachos. There you it's go. Just, I mean, God, it's the apple pie filling, the brown sugar on the, the cinnamon sugar chips. It's just, it's phenomenal. It's
1: It sounds phenomenal. really good. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, and we had uh, fried pickles, which I love.
1: Okay. Yeah, you gotta but love fried I, pickles. Again,
0: if I ate fried pickles, it'd be a slow night walking up and down. You know, for three sure. levels of stairs all night long. So, yeah, normally just a pretzel and a diet coke.
1: Okay, yeah. So, I know you're a pretty private guy. It was hard to come up with questions for you because, yeah. you know, just based off of your um, biography on the team website and your social media, um, yeah, you're just pretty private, which is which is okay. We came up yeah. with enough questions, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, where can the listeners find you on social media?
0: So, yeah, you, um, it's at David A. Rats on all the, you know, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I will say, Instagram, I'm pretty much just a lurker. I, you okay. know, there's a lot of accounts I follow. It's mostly baseball teams and breweries. So, if you get on there, you think I'm a really big baseball fan with a drinking problem.
1: I that's did I or did or tell you to have a couple may. drinks. So yeah,
0: that may or may not be the case.
1: Good, um, good. Me too.
0: Yeah. Facebook, I do keep that pretty locked down. It's pretty much just friends and family that I'm interacting with on there. Twitter is the one that I'm the most active on. Sure. Um, I, I love Twitter. I just think it's I, I just like the ease, the quickness of it, and the the you know, the bite-size snackable content on yes. there. Yes. So at David A Ratz, and that's R-A-T-Z. Uh is my twitter handle um have made a a pledge that started yesterday to just not dive into the comment section on twitter if (laughs) i see a news article i'll read it but at this point the 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 comment sections just take down some dark oh yeah of of hatred as we lead up to this election so i've been avoiding those um but yeah love twitter you know please interact send something if you want to um love it but uh uh, you know, unfortunately, I've gotten not unfortunately, but sometimes I get a, a friend request for some some fans or people I know on on Facebook, and I just usually ignore them. Sure, like I just you know, it's that's the one thing. I literally, it's like pictures of my sister's kids and stuff that I'm sitting there posting with. So I, I just try to keep that one to myself, right? And, uh, yeah, I, it's weird for a, a public-facing job. I I do like some sort of anonymity, and I think that's what grabbed took me to radio is that I can talk to people but be in a room behind a microphone and nobody can see me or see what I'm doing or anything like
1: that. Yeah, yeah, there's something to that because, um, you know, my my fiance and like some of my friends have said like you know, like, how come you're so good at public speaking? I said, I'm not good at public speaking. And they said, well, you like, you worked in radio, you did public address announcing, you do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, but that's all behind a microphone and people aren't yeah. looking directly at me. Um,
0: exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. And that's why I don't, li- so there's like, you know, five or six games out of the year where our on-field host, she's a, a teacher. So like any of the day games, and like, you know, one or two other games throughout the season, she can't work. And so yeah. I do it as the backup. But man, those days, I'm just like, there's butterflies in the stomach. I don't like being the outward facing. Right. I like being in the press box or on the field where, you know, and yeah, there's eyes on you on the field, but nobody knows who you are, or what you're doing. Yeah.
1: So
0: I, I enjoy being behind the scenes, but still being able to put out that product that makes people smile and laugh. That's what I love. I don't want... Attention. I wish nobody knew who I was, to be honest. Yeah. That's why it's so nice that I love baseball because it's a team. You know what I mean? Like, we don't market individuals in our front office. It's the team. We are the Jumbo Shrimp. That is the brand of affordable family fun that we put out there, and we all have the same mission and we all work for it. And there's no, no one leading that charge outside of our owner and, you know, GM or whatnot who are in the community, but. I, I, the anonymity is great. Yeah, it's just fun to contribute to the the town that
1: way. Yeah, being behind a microphone is great, but being in front of people is the terrible part. Um, yes, so, but I did do so. I was trying to do some deep diving and really couldn't find much about you, but I did see that your on-field MC, she is a retired Jaguars cheerleader. Is That's that correct? Wow. Yes. Yes, I is. I think more MILB uh, teams should should go that route. Honestly, <laughs> she's I mean,
0: awesome. She works so hard. She um,
1: get that bubbly awesome. personality out there. She
0: does, and she's she's but she's also a teacher in our yeah. local school system. She's a special needs teacher as well. Okay, um, you know, and and she just her interaction with fans and kids is just so genuine. It's exactly sure. what you need. You know what I mean? It's. People are so much more trusting to send their kids down on the field with a, a, a bubbly outgoing female. I'll just come out and yeah. say it than and than an older male like myself. I mean, yeah, that, you know, that's what we need to interact and be the face of the games itself. She is phenomenal. She does a great job. She's just uh, an all-around great person. Right. I mean, we're very lucky to have her. But yeah, she was a uh, Jags cheerleader for three or four seasons. I think.
1: Okay okay very cool yeah so uh, i you you listen to the to the podcast so you know i end with the same question every time yeah what's the best walk-up or warm-up song you've heard during your time in minor league baseball and whose was it
0: so um i am more i lean towards rock as my like Personal listening habits. I don't dislike anything. I listen to everything. But if I gun to my head, I'm going rock music. Uh, And one of our pitchers, uh, Colton Mahoney, would come out to avenge Sevenfold. Hail to the King. Okay. And the opening guitar riff on that, and like the kick drum on it. as, As a radio guy, music is still my passion. Yeah. So, like, I I hear the guitar and I hear the drums, and it's one of those where no matter where I am in the stadium, you just kind of like slowly turn around and you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. You know, some shit's about to go down for sure. (laughs) But that's like the feeling of it. And you're like, okay, this is about to be awesome. And so that was his like warm up music for the, you know, the 45 seconds before he started a game or came into the game. And it it was just awesome. That's the one that that sticks out in my mind is like, that is great.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing about pitchers is that, you can almost play the entire song for yes. their, for their warm up. So like, it's yep. a little bit different than a, than a hitter clearly. So, yeah. than a yeah. batter, our, so. Our,
0: it's interesting because our, our, our position players, um, man, there's some editing that goes into some of these songs
1: for sure.
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I get yes. requests and you know, it's like, yeah, I can do that. But there's like five seconds of the song that you're going to hear and that's about it. But yeah, if that's what you want. I'll do it. Um, yeah.
1: So I I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story um and I think it was probably in April because there was almost nobody in the stands in Beloit and I had some guys in the media that were in the press box because it was so cold so it had to be April. Um and I had a player request a walk up change <laughs> like as gates were opening. Well, that
0: sounds about right. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, and so I try to make it work and so the clubhouse uh manager who's a good friend of mine texted me. He said he said, Hey, he wants to change his walk up song, can you do it? And I was like, Yeah, sure. So but gates were open, so like music was already playing and stuff like that. It's on the same computer. And um so I downloaded this song and put it at like 35 seconds or wherever he wanted me to start it. And I downloaded it from YouTube and it said it was the clean version. Yeah. I I did not listen to it because <laughs> gates were already open. I didn't want to pause the music and unplug it unplug the the aux cord and all that stuff. And so I just I just put it in the computer and it was about the second inning, and um, one of the guys was in the press box. Was like, did it just drop some some yeah. f bombs and you know, <laughs> so you know all that kind of stuff? And I was just like, I don't know, I didn't really hear it, you know. And he's like, next time it comes up, let's listen to it a little <laughs> bit. And uh, sure enough, it was not the edited version like I had thought it was. Um, luckily, yeah. there was only about. 50 people in the stands at that point because it was it was about 30 degrees in wisconsin in april so yeah uh, (laughs) i had
0: one of those at a in a a rain delay game where it had already been like a two-hour delay and there was maybe 12 people in the stands and it was the same thing it was a video and i was like oh geez that's not good it was one that i had like downloaded a year ago and hadn't looked at it since and so i never went back and and proofed it and it was like oh good lord and so as soon as it happened, I like ran downstairs into the GM's office. And was like, hey, I want you to hear this from me. 100, percent my mistake. This is what happened.
1: He was yeah, like,
0: it's okay. There's 12 people here. Hopefully, no one will hear it. But thank you for letting me know. Yeah. And it was, you know, nothing ever came of it. Okay. But yeah, at bat music. So, like, they the players reach out to me directly. So like, yeah. I'll get texts from players. It, to your point when gates open it's like hey I want to change to this or hey yep. can you switch the order around or I want this song and it's gotten to the point now where I had to on the on the, the board in the home clubhouse basically put up there that says you know 4pm is the deadline for all changes to a bat music unless you're tonight's starting pitcher Okay. and then, like I'll give the starting pitcher some leeway because if, yeah. if they come in late and all that stuff but right. other than that it's like okay this is ridiculous guys
1: right There's – so the assistant general manager um, in Delmarva is the one who's on the field pregame. And he's the one that does all the first pitches and that kind of stuff. And um, he'll radio me literally 60 seconds before the starting pitcher goes out to the mound. And he'd be like, yeah, he wants to change his walk-up song. And luckily, it was always a guy that wanted country music. So, like, there's not much uh, swearing and stuff like that. And so, you know, you pull up Spotify and you play it. But, like, I was just like, well, good thing it wasn't anything else, you know, because we would have been... You know, up up Schitt's Creek. You know, so. Oh yeah, but,
0: I had players stop me in the dugout like in inning four where they've struck out twice and like, hey man, can you change my song for the rest of the game? Like,
1: that's no, ridiculous.
0: They, yeah, it, it, it's not going to happen.
1: I I had a guy in Beloit who changed his walk up song way too much, and so I had to put up a sign in the clubhouse saying, you can only put, you can only change your walk up song twice per year
0: nice we joked about um, and this was like two or three two years ago when the team was just not great about putting a sign up that said if you're not hitting above 200 we get to choose your walk up music <laughs> we're, like, yeah, yeah, no. we're not going to do that but we really want to
1: yeah that would be awesome yeah oh man well thank you so much David for taking the time out of your evening to come on to the pulling Tart podcast I really appreciate it and I hope your jags get the W tonight
0: yeah man I appreciate it thanks for having me it's been a a lot of fun and like I said I I literally have of the 32 or 33 episodes that are out there listen to at least 27 of them I am a subscriber I enjoy the podcast it's awesome hearing from other people in the industry so um, honored to do it it was a pleasure and if I can ever you know your a guest cancels and you need something last minute you let me know perfect uh, happy to do it
1: perfect well thank you so much I really appreciate it David and uh, we'll be in touch soon Sounds good. All right, so I totally forgot about it. Uh, maybe made my drink a little too strong. Um, but so we did have one question written into David. Um, And for anybody that wants to ask any questions to me or my guests here on out, um, I did make a number um, that you can text or leave voicemails for my guests and I. The number is 202-796-TARP. Yes, I chose that number strategically. Um, Again, that's 202-796-TARP. Uh, So let's get to the question here, David. So what can you say about a team transitioning from a beloved old brand, the Suns, to a modern fun brand, the Jumbo Shrimp? Uh, So that actually hits pretty close to home with uh, Beloit's rebranding. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting because I... I come at it as an outsider, and I realize that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't grow up in Jacksonville, so it wasn't my hometown team. So I don't pretend that my feelings on the matter are anything close to what anyone who grew up with the Suns is feeling or felt at the time. Okay. Like, I'm a big Cardinals fan, and if all of a sudden the St. Louis Cardinals wanted to change their name and logo to something else, I'd probably be really upset. Sure. And it would take me years to to get over it and, and figure it out you know I can only hope that the effort we put forth in the community as good stewards as contributing time money effort putting that affordable family fun out there and putting that fun jumbo shrimp product out there has not taken the place of the sons or anything that the Reagan family gave to Jacksonville because they gave tremendously to the city sure. but I would just say we enjoy doing things, you know, in a weird, funky way, the way we, the, the Jumbo Shrimp does it. By right. no means are we trying to replace or be anything better. It's just different. And, you know, I would hope that if you're a baseball fan and you enjoy coming to the ballpark, that we've been able to win you over in these past three seasons. Um, but, you know, by no means are you... you to, were we ever going to replace 30 years of history, or try to, or make anyone forget about it? You know, we carry Suns merchandise in our store. Okay. We know there's still, uh, a, you know, a calling for the throwback hats and, and shirts and whatnot, and we embrace our history and 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 love it just the same. We've had awesome players come through, Hall of Famers that played for the Suns, um, and you know, it's just the, the the ownership group above my pay grade uh, decided it was time for a refresh and that's what they did. But you know, I, I completely understand if someone was upset by it and I would just hope that we've been able to put something out there that they, they're, they're happy with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I mean, people are really up in arms about Beloit rebranding and all that kind of stuff. When in actuality, like, all right, they were the stampers for 35 years. Well, like 37 years. And, uh, you didn't come to the game, so um, <laughs> you, you were. Yeah. They're still going to keep Snapper Sundays and stuff like that, but obviously, a rebrand with a new stadium is is the best. You know, part yeah. is the best idea. Um, yep. So this person actually also added on, "What is your favorite promo ever?" And we kind of touched on that a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, so. Th- the pregnancy testing was was funny and weird but if i'm going the best promo that i think was great and the best thing i think we ever did was our literal two for tuesday where we decided you know people have done nobody night or you know whatever and so we decided all right it's two for tuesday let's do that literally so we put a call out to one of the charities we work for and work with in town called Dreams Come True, which okay. is essentially like Make a Wish, but it's all local, all sure. Jacksonville families. Okay. And so a um, a kid, uh, junior, and his dad were selected, and junior is uh, battling cancer. Um, you know, not the best prognosis. He's still. Mm-hmm. With us in fighting as of this recording. Okay. Um, but we, we gave the two of them the ballpark for the night and we played a game. No fans were allowed in. They, it was them. It was a literal two for Tuesday. They were the only two fans in the park. You know, we brought them in. We had, we promoted it as free, uh, authentic custom jerseys to the first two fans through the gate.
1: Okay. So we presented
0: him with jerseys when they walked in. We went to the batting cage and batted. We went to the locker room and they met all the players. And he was in the dugout and on the field when they took the field and threw out the first pitch and, you know, was out there. Uh, we had our PA announcer do the anthem. Um, he played every between inning game. When we did a t shirt toss, we threw 20 shirts directly at him.
1: That's he, awesome. You
0: know, Every foul ball in the stadium, you'd just see him get up from wherever he was and run across the stadium and pick it up. I mean, when he left, he walked out of there with, like, a backpack of jerseys, hats, baseballs, uh, you name it. Um, at, at, at one point, we were playing the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and we told them what they were doing. They were 100% on board. So halfway through the game, the Blue Wahoos manager comes over, opens up the, the gate behind home plate, walks into the stands and gives Junior a hat signed by the entire Pensacola Blue Wahoos team. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was the coolest thing I've seen in my life just to see this kid have the entire stadium to himself while an act, while a baseball game was going on. Um, I, You know, when he was running across the stadium to get a foul ball during the night, I literally sat down on the top of a section and just cried. I mean, yeah. it was
1: it's giving me goosebumps man it's awesome
0: it was the coolest thing we've ever done um if you look on our youtube on the jumbo shrimps youtube channel there's like a three minute recap video because we had a film crew that there there that evening as well okay it's 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 awesome yeah it was the coolest thing we've ever done just to see this kid basically own the team for a night um it was cool that's so awesome yeah so we we reported an official attendance of two for that evening, but that was nice. by far the coolest promotion we've ever done.
1: Okay, very cool. Well, thank you for hopping back on, David. Yeah, I, man. Yeah, I, I, as soon as soon as we signed off, I was like, man, there was one question I totally forgot about that was written in by by a listener of the podcast. So awesome. I definitely wanted to address it for sure. So uh, yeah, thank sure. you, thank you for being so you know eager to hop back on and uh, yeah thank yeah, you definitely.
0: so much i appreciate it bobby
1: all right man see you man bye. thank you okay. yep, back. yep bye
0: You've listened to the Polling Tarp Podcast, distributed by StoveLeg Media. Make sure you check out our page at StoveLeg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. StoveLeg Media, igniting conversation.